I don't know if you realize this or not, but everybody that worked for Jack Benny when I did was exclusive. They couldn't work for anybody else. Don Wilson could never go on another show unless he got permission from Jack. Mary Livingston, his wife, couldn't. I couldn't. Rochester couldn't. Jack Benny was anything from what he portrayed. He was anything but a screw. We were making so much money that we didn't know what to do with it. Enough that we didn't have to work with anybody else. And then Jack used to come to you about every six months and say, uh, go to a guy by the name of Blum at that time was his manager and say, tell him to give you some more money. I said, Jack, I don't need any more money. I said, you got me off of the road. This is the first time I ever had a house. And he says, I know, but tell him to give you. I said, what for? All I'm doing now is, hey, Jackson, hello, Mary, here comes Rochester. I had three lines. And he used to say, go get some more money. So I'd go and tell Blum, Blum to give me some more money. The next Sunday, I'd be sitting over in the restaurant on Vine Street, and Jack would say, hey, if you got a quarter, I want to get a couple of Robert Burns cigars. Two of Benny's longtime friends were his band leader, Phil Harris, and announcer, Don Wilson. Most people ask the question, was Jack Benny as funny off the air as on? Jack was not that kind of a comedian. Jack was a great listener and appreciator of other comedians when they were on. And he would always stay in the background. He would always laugh and get a lot of enjoyment out of another comic's work. And great applause from Benny. But if Benny was in a crowd of comedians, he was eventually on, he could top everybody. He was just not in real life a one-liner stand-up comedian like a Burl or George Burns or somebody like that, you know. He was a real and thoroughbred professional from start to finish. He always demanded the very, very best that he could possibly get. And if there ever was to be an irreplaceable man, Jack Benny would unquestionably be that man. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time on December 18th, Jack Benny took to the air with what had become a programming staple, his Christmas shopping episode. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Gentlemen, let's go out to Beverly Hills. It's morning, and hundreds of people, brimming with the Christmas spirit, are waiting for the local department store to open its doors. Oh, Mary. Mary, where are you? Here I am, Jack, right behind you. Oh, yeah. Say, Mary, how'd you like the way I wiggled myself through this crowd, right up to the front of the line? Yeah. Those rumble lessons you took from Martha Murray really helped. I'll say. When we started, we were way at the end, and now there's only one man ahead of me. Hello, Jack. Hello, Mr. Murray. <laughs> Oh, look, look, Mary, they're getting ready to open the store and let the crowd in. I can see the manager walking over to the floor walker. Jasper, what is it, Mr. Simpkins? It's almost time to open the store. Are all the clerks at their station? Yes, sir. Good. You will open the doors in ten seconds. Are you ready for final inspection? Yes, sir. Hair? Comb. Chin? Out. Jacket? Pressed? Carnation? Moist. Good. Good. <laughs> 
It is now nine o'clock. You may open the doors and guide our customers into the store. Yes, sir. Mule train! How could you do a thing like that to our customers? When I saw those faces, I couldn't control myself. <laughs> Wait here, Mary. I'll be right back. Jack, don't get into it. Never mind. Say, mister, are you the manager? Uh, yes, I am. Well, as one of your steady customers, I resent being ushered into the store like a mule. I apologize, sir. I've never been I so... said, I apologize. Put your ears down. <laughs> Now, look, mister. Jack, I told you not to get into it. Come on. Oh, all right. Jack, I'd like to go to a store with you just once where you don't get into an argument with everybody. Look, Mary, I'll admit that sometimes it may be my fault, but not this time. Imagine driving customers into a store yelling mule train. Well, don't stand there complaining. Go have your coat fixed. My coat? His whip tore your sleeve off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'll just pin it and then fix it when I get home. Come on. Mary, what do you think I ought to get for my sister Florence in Chicago? Oh, I don't know. It ought to be something nice. You know, Mary, I have no brothers and no other sister. Florence is my only close relative. I ought to get her something really nice. Uh, what'd you get her last year? A pencil sharpener. <laughs> oh, how sweet, Jack. But then she is your only sister. Yeah. <laughs> After all, you know... Jack, let's go outside and come in the store again. Why? I want that guy with the whip to get another crack at you. <laughs> Nothing doing. He had his chance. Anyway, I can't understand a store like this bringing customers in just the way Hey, they... pardon me, mister. Did you see my wife? Huh? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Did you see my wife? No, I haven't. As a matter of fact, I don't even know your wife. Then how do you know you didn't see her? <laughs> Now, mister, how would I know... I can't stand here jabbering. I better go look for her. Chloe! <laughs> now, come on, Mary. Let's oh, go. Oh, Jack, look. There's Dennis. Where? Oh, yes. Yeah. Young man, what can I do for you? Gee, I don't know what to get for my mother. She goes horseback riding a lot. Maybe she'd like it if I buy something for the horse. Well, say, mister... Yes? How much is that horse collar? Horse collar? Yes, that white one hanging up there on the wall. Young man, this is a plumbing department. <laughs> Just what is it you're looking for? Oh, I don't know, but I'd like to get something for my mother. Well, I can call the ladies' department and save you some time. Did you have anything in mind? Oh, yes, sir. I think a dress would be nice. Oh, that's an excellent idea. What size dress does your mother wear? 36. 36? Uh-huh. I think I ought to get her a nightgown, too. Size 58. <laughs> Uh, wait a minute, son. If your mother wears a 36 dress, why would she wear a 58 nightgown? She doesn't sleep in her girdle. <laughs> young man, young man, I think you're a little confused. However, I will admit there is a little variation in size, but very slight. Gee, I hope that movie company doesn't find out. Movie company? Yeah, they want my mother to take off her girdle to advertise their new picture. What picture? Lost Boundaries. <laughs> 
Young man, would you do me a favor and shoplift something so I can have you arrested? What? Hey, let it go. Is there anything else I can do for you? Uh-huh. Those men's shirts and that cape across the aisle, are they real silk? Oh, yes, they are. They'd make a wonderful gift for your father. Oh, they're not for my father. I'd like to buy them for Jack Benny. Jack Benny? Do you know him? Oh, sure. He's on one of my shows. <laughs> Hello, Mary. Hello, Dennis. Doing your Christmas shopping? Yeah. Gee, I was just going to decide on Mr. Benny's gift, and he had to walk up and spoil the whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry, kid. I, I didn't know you wanted to be a secret. Yeah. Now you'll have to close your eyes. Okay. Got them closed? Uh-huh. Okay, mister, you can wrap it up now and put it in a shoebox so he won't know it's a shirt. <laughs> can I open my eyes now? Yeah. Gee, that was a close one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, say, Mr. Benny, while my packages are being gift-wrapped, would you like to step over to the music counter and hear a record I just made? Oh, sure, kid. Come on. Oh, miss? Yes? Do you have the latest record made by Dennis Day? You mean I must have done something wonderful? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, would you play it, miss? I'm sorry, but our record player is broken. Broken? Yeah, all day yesterday, every five minutes, some curly-headed jerk kept requesting, that's what I like about the South. <laughs> I think I know who you mean. Uh, why didn't you tell him that you refused to play it? And get hit with a ham hock? <laughs> oh, yes, he's never without one. Gee, and I wanted you to hear my record. Well, it'll make you feel better, Dennis. You sing, and I'll spin you around. Eh? Okay. Okay, come on. to get those commercials in. That was the important yeah. thing. And of course, Jack was the first one to do the integrated commercials way back in the 30s by uh, Jell-O again, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then we went from there to Grape Nuts, and then we went into uh, uh, LSMFT, Lucky Strike, Green has gone to war, yeah. and all of that. <laughs> but he always integrated the commercials as part of the program. All of us, like Rochester, Phil Harris, Don Wilson, we only had about a page and a half of dialogue on the show, but you better believe that it was the best dialogue mm -hmm. that possibly could be written, because Jack knew it was good for himself and for all of the characters on the show. No matter how many laughs, he was very happy with all the laughs you might get, and uh, at, when the show was over, many people would say, hey, did you hear Dennis, or did you hear Phil Harris on the Jack Benny show last mm -hmm. night? It was still the Jack Benny show, because he was the catalyst who manipulated mm -hmm. the whole thing. The jokes bounced off of him. He was the butt of most of the jokes. And we got the laughs, but it's still, he uh, was a genius in that sense. Everything was gone over the airwaves, you know, it was sound, and everyone could imagine what a person looked like, mm -hmm. what a situation looked like, in their own minds, by sound effects and by the person's voice. After the w World War II, I went back to New York with the Benny Show and also uh, to do my own show. 
and I did a TV show in New York, and that was in a, a little studio, no bigger than maybe about an eight by eight, and I lip sync back to one of my old recordings. Now that's how primitive it was, mm. and then all they were doing was just trying out, you know, for color of people and how they looked and uh, camera techniques and all of that. So, th of course, we didn't have color then either. It was only black and white, but it shows how primitive it was. Here I was lip singing. There was nothing live. So this is back in 1946, early 47. Mm -hmm. And then I think it started really to catch on at about 1949. Benny did his first in 1950. So he'd do maybe once a month. And even when Jack went into television, he wasn't sure of what he was going to do in television. The first couple of shows, he was floundering, really, not sure of what direction he was going to take. And then he went back to the old, really, what he did in vaudeville, doing a monologue in the beginning and then bringing in uh, the other characters and everything else and doing sketches, more or less. Say, Mary, don't you think that song will be... Mary... Now, where did Mary go? Well, she's way over there at the end of the counter. Oh, yeah. May I uh, wait on you, miss? Yes, uh, I'd like to get something for a gentleman. A gentleman? Your uh, husband? Uh, no, my boss. He's been nice to me, and I'd like to show my appreciation. Oh, here's something nice. A gold tie clasp. A gold tie clasp? No. Well, how about a gold keychain? No. How about gold cufflinks? Look, mister, I don't want to get him anything. He can melt down. <laughs> Gee, I wish I could think of something. Well, miss, perhaps I could help you better if you told me how closely you two are associated. Are, uh, are you engaged? Uh, no, we're not. Is he your boyfriend? No, as a matter of fact, he treats me more like a sister. How about a pencil sharpener? <laughs> Yes, we ship one to Chicago every year. It goes to a girl named Flossie. Uh, you mean Florence? Well, I feel like I know her. <laughs> hey, Mary. Mary, let's not keep losing each other. I spend more... Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, hello. It's uh, on the way to Chicago. Uh, wait a minute. This year, I was going to get my sister something different. <laughs> Come on, Mary, let's go. You know, it's amazing how everybody knows I'm a comedian. Mary, I'm going to get something else for my sister. Now, is there anything else, sir? Well, I don't know, baby. Uh, let's see what I bought so far. Well, there's one black negligee. Yeah. <laughs> That's for my ever-loving wife. Oh, you're... you're married? Am I married? Why, I'm married to Alice Faye, the sweetest <laughs> little gal who ever... Oh, come on now, baby, stop crying. There ain't enough of me for everybody. <laughs> yes, sir. Happens every time. Now, <laughs> uh, let's see, honey. I've got everybody's present except one for Jackson. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll get him a pair of socks. What size? Uh, 11 and a half. These? Yeah. 
Now I'll just take off my shoes, put the new ones on, and then I'll be Mr. all... Mr. Harris, I thought you were going to give socks to Mr. Benny. I am. Here are my old ones. Gift wrap them. <laughs> Don't you want me to sew up the holes first? No, no, no. Just throw in a needle and thread. And give the old man something to do when he gets home from his rumble leather. <laughs> Yeah, put plenty of ribbon on the box so the kid can oh, play around. Hey, Phil. Well, dear hearts and gentle people. Hey, funny running into you, Phil. Yeah, how's Alice? Now stop it. Well, what's the matter with her? Usual thing. She's upset because she found out I'm married. Oh, now that's ridiculous. You cried a little too, Dad. <laughs> But that was during the ceremony. It had nothing to do with you. Well, then why'd you cry? Because you wouldn't let him go on the honeymoon. Sorry, <laughs> stop. I've seen that. Now, Jackson, before. I gotta finish my shopping, kids. Look, I've got to get some uh, California pennants. California pennants? Yeah, you see, I'm going to the Rose Bowl game and I want to cheer for California, but all they got in this store are pennants from Syracuse. Pennants? From Syracuse? Sure. There's a big box of them right up there on the counter. See what it says? Syracuse pennants. That circus peanut. <laughs> Syracuse Pennant. Phil, how can you be... He disappeared in the crowd. Good, good. Now, Mary, I wish you'd help me decide on something for my sister, Florence. Well, Jack, I've been trying to think. Gosh, I don't know. Hey, mister, are you sure you didn't see my wife? Uh, look, buddy, I'd like to help you, but I don't know what your wife looks like. Has she got any identifying marks? Well, she's got a birthmark on... Never mind, I'll look for her myself. <laughs> yes, yes, you better. Hello! Come on, Mary. Why does everybody have to pick on me? Well, have you made up your mind, sir? Huh? Oh! Oh, I was just looking around. I sure would like to give my girl a ring like that. Well, I don't blame you. That's a beautiful diamond ring. Uh, how much is it? $4,000. That doesn't sound so bad. Uh, wait till I look at my bank book. Hmm. Well? Uh, wait till I turn the page. <laughs> Hmm. Well? Uh, wait till I turn another page. Hmm. Well? Uh, just a minute, I'm on the last page. Well, what's on the last page? Put something in the pot, boy. <laughs> well, look, mister, if you want to buy this ring, you don't have to pay the $4,000 cash. You can pay for it on easy terms. All you have to do is establish credit rating. Uh, credit rating? Yes, I have the forms right here. Your name? Uh, Rochester Van Jones. Are you employed? Yes, sir. Who do you work for? Jack Benny. Oh, what are your duties? You with mean you want to go on? <laughs> Why, yes. What are your duties with Mr. Benny? Well, besides being his rumble partner, I'm his personal <laughs> secretary, legal advisor, attorney at law, and I also select the scripts for the movies he makes. You pick his movies, he has to blame somebody. <laughs> well, I don't agree with you. I think that Mr. Benny is a great entertainer, whether it's stage, screen, or radio. And as far as I'm concerned, his last picture was one of the funniest I've ever seen. You keep talking like that, and you'll be in line for a pencil sharpener. <laughs> Jack Benny at the soap case. 
consisted of the following. We, we had KCNJ in Palm Springs, a 250-watt station, the only one in the desert at the time. And in the summer, Palm Springs virtually closed. It'd be one drugstore, a couple of restaurants, a hardware store, and a few construction workers and radio station and some hardy desert rats. And our audience went from thousands and thousands down to probably a few hundred. But we had to keep operating, and I was sitting in my non-resplendent office one day, and I saw this big Cadillac pull up in the driveway, and four people got out, including Jack. And I had met him in town, worked a couple of small things with him, and uh, I wouldn't expect him to remember me, but at least I went out and greeted him, and he said, we have a favor to ask of you. These are my writers. And he introduced uh, several of his writers, and they had transcriptions under their arms, the 16-inch platters. And he said, you're, you're the only people in town with a turntable to play these things and they want me to hear this right now can we do it and I said sure we only have two turntables and they won't be in use for an hour or so so let's go in the control room and I said with the exception of the young man sitting here who had to do station breaks every half hour who are on the network uh, uh, you can have all the listening you can stand so they took about two hours and uh, they came out wrapped in thought and uh, he parted the premises, and the car started up, and all of a sudden it stopped, and Benny got out, and he came back, and I, again, I went out to the door. Two young ladies in the office were enthralled, and the announcer who had uh, played the transcriptions for him, the announcer engineer, was out of his gourd over the whole thing. So uh, Jack walked up to me, and he said, I don't know what's the matter with my manners. He said, you've been so good to us, giving us this time to listen to these Platters, and he said, I didn't thank anybody. And he said, I want to thank you very much. And I said, well, it's not necessary. It's a pleasure to have you, of course. And uh, So he said, and especially, I want to thank that young man. And he started for the control room. And just as he opened the door, the red light over his head went on. He didn't see it. And the young man said, this is KCNJ Palm Springs. And took a pause. And during the pause, you could distinctly hear this voice say, young man, thanks a lot. Great. Hmm. Then the young man started to read the spot, cracked up, couldn't make it, and the spot went down the drain, and Jack went home, and I went back to my office, and the telephone rang, and it was the client, who was a real estate broker, new in town, and I had sold him the account, it was a firm 52-week deal, we had very few of those, and he said, I thought you told me you ran a professional radio station. I said, I did tell you that, and we do, and he said, then who was that screaming over my spot? And I said, well, it wasn't just anybody off the street. It was, uh, believe it or not, Jack Benny. And he said, oh, sure, I bet. Well, you're through. None of, none of my business for you anymore. And slammed down the phone. Well, there's one more sub part of this whole darn thing. We, we had always tried to get a gimmick for every real estate man. We had a temperature report. Your mother-in-law is freezing in Pittsburgh. It's 80 in Palm Springs. Buy a house today. You know, that sort of thing. So... The biggest real estate broker in Palm Springs had refused to buy from us because we hadn't come up with a suitable gimmick. And I met him on the street the next day, and he said, a fine friend you are. He said, the newest guy in town selling real estate, you give him Jack Benny doing your spots. That is the rumor the man had started. Mm. Benny did his spots. And he never, um, he, did he ever come back? No, but as a matter of fact, he foundered and left town shortly afterwards. Uh, so. Serves him right. I think Rochester's over there picking out a gift for you. Yeah, I guess so. I don't want to see me, so let's move on. Oh, Jack! Jack! Hey, it's Don! Hello, Don! Well, hello, Mary. Oh, say, Jack, I just bought you a present, but I felt it was silly to wait until Christmas, so I'm going to give it to you now. Here. For me? A mop? But, Don, what can I do with a mop? 
This isn't a mop. I just put a handle on it so you wouldn't be embarrassed carrying it home. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought the widow's peak was so you could get into the corners. <laughs> gotten that little bag? Oh, Mary, I'm glad you asked me. Here, here, I'll show it to you. It's the cutest thing you ever saw. What is it, Don? Well, see, it's a little toy merry-go-round. Well, what do you want that for? Well, now, here, let me show you. First you wind it up, and then you release the lever, and it spins around and plays music. Really? See how it works, Don. Okay. shopping to do, so I'll meet you there later. All right, Mary. Don't be too long. Yeah, I wonder what kind of perfume I ought to get. Oh, there you are. What? Where is she? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Why do you keep asking me about your wife? I told you, I don't know what she looks like. Well, here. I'll show you a picture of her. See? This? <laughs> this is your wife? Yep. <laughs> Seems silly of me to keep looking for her, don't it? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, miss, she must be in the store someplace, so just keep looking and you'll probably find her. I hope not. <laughs> Come along, Rube. Rube? Come Oh. I'd like to get out of here so I can stop running into such silly... Oh, here's a perfume counter. Must be something nice here for my sister. Oh, clerk. 
clerk. Uh, what can I do for you? <laughs> hmm. Are you the salesman here? Yeah. You're the salesman here in the perfume department? Don't take my word for it. Smell me. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Thank you. Yeah. Now, what kind of perfume would you like to buy? Well, what kind have you got? I've got taboo, temptation, shocking, white shoulders, surrender, and you should excuse the expression, my sin. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think, I think my sister likes taboo... But I don't know whether to get it for her or not. <laughs> taboo or not taboo, that is the question. <laughs> hmm. I made that up myself. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Everybody says I'm another Milton Boyle. <laughs> Your, your face. Your, your face does look a little like a kinescope. Now, let's, uh, let's see some other perfumes, please. Okay. We have some very nice imported ones. Evening in Paris. Uh-huh. Midnight in Madrid. Uh-huh. Here's a domestic one. Morning in the smog. <laughs> Oh, are they, are they bottling it now? Why not? We got enough of it. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, there you are, Jack. Yeah, I thought I'd stop here and get some perfume for Florence. Clerk, what's that? Oh, this is a very fashionable odor. It's called Eau Jude I'll spray a little on you. Say, that does smell nice. Yeah. And it's got penicillin in it to fight off virus X. <laughs> not a bad idea, you know. You... Say, Jack, here's a perfume your sister Florence might like. L'eau de la vie crayon. L'eau de la vie crayon. What does that mean? Aroma of freshly sharpened pencil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're no help. Imagine putting a clerk like you behind a perfume counter. Oh, this ain't my regular job. I just sell perfume during the Christmas rush. I thought so. What is your regular job? I'm a goose girl at Hollywood Park. <laughs> oh, come on, Mary. I've had enough of this guy. Hey, what's that? Well, we've been here all day, and it's closing time. You mean they're closing the store now? Yes. Jack, look out! Oh, darn it, there goes my other sleeve. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, care food packages have been improved and increased with more meats and fats 
that mean health to hungry children and families overseas. Twenty-two and one-half pounds of life-giving food for $10. Delivery guaranteed. Send your contribution to Nonprofit Care, Los Angeles or New York. That's C-A-R-E, Care, Los Angeles or New York. We were out for General Foods and Jell-O for 10 years, uh-huh. and Lucky Strike came after them. Lucky Strike sponsored Jack and the Benny Show for 15 years. They were the greatest longevity of any client on the show. General Foods being 10 years for Jell-O, 15 years for Lucky Strike. It's amazing. You think back, Jack Benny had as his sponsor Jell-O for 10 years and uh, Lucky Strike for 15 years. And today... Now, here in the 1980s, you're lucky if you get a sponsor to pick up a 30-second commercial during a television special. That's right. No longevity at all. My, how times have changed. Yeah, really have. But you see, the sponsors took pride in the programming in those days. Now, there was always the hue and cry. I'll editorialize for a second here. Good. Always the hue and cry that once they got the network programming out of the hands of the sponsors, the audiences would have better programming. And eventually, through the 50s and the 60s, the programming moved away from the sponsors who really produced the shows through their advertising agency, or most of them. You got it. To the point where now the networks are producing the shows or paying for the shows to be produced, and the sponsors really don't have any interest in it other than the sheer numbers they're getting out, out right. there. Whereas in the old days, and you were there with the Jell-O and with the Lucky Strike things, I believe that the audience in their response to the sponsor, fortified the sponsor and kept his interest in presenting that program. I think your analysis is very well taken. I don't think anybody can dispute it. Gee, Mary, this Christmas rush is awful, isn't it? Yes. Hey, look how crowded this bus is. Hey, Ruth! Ruth! Huh? How are you? How about you? I'm fine, fine. Did you ever find your wife? Who do you think is driving the bus? <laughs> Oh, well, tell Chloe to let me off at the next corner. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday, two hours before my own show on the same network, the Actors' Company will present The Man Who Came to Dinner with Charles Boyer, Mel Ferrar, Henry Fonda, John Garfield, Gene Kelly, Dorothy McGuire, Gregory Peck, Rosalind Russell, and yours truly, Jack Benny. I'm sure you'll enjoy the show. And another thing, ladies and gentlemen, the next time we meet, it will be Christmas Day. So on behalf of my sponsor, my cast, and my entire staff, I want to take this opportunity to wish each and every one of you a happy and joyous holiday season. Day and a day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned for the Amos and Andy show, which follows immediately.